It's that time, the sports talker. Here's TJ Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the Sports Talker. It's been a while. I got a little show in on Tuesday, the 30 minute show, but now I am back for a full hour today. It's hard to believe. After taking most of the last week off and missing a few days this week, I'm going to be here for a full hour. I had people tweeting me, wondering where the show was and if it was even still going on. But this is uh, the summer. This is summer radio. I've got this is my busiest time of the year with basketball recruiting. This is this is where I shine. I've been all over different cities this summer and. Finally, it has come to an end. There is the AAU Nationals and Super Showcase in Louisville, Kentucky. That's going on today. It'll be going on tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. Not a star-studded field because a lot of the players, especially a, a lot of UK targets, even some UVL targets, are participating in the USA basketball tryouts, uh, the under-17 team. And that's going on at the same time. Really a bad uh, mess up between the the AAU National Championship and the USA Basketball Trial. They shouldn't be the same week. You should have these spread out. And if they didn't, if you had all the players that were supposed to be playing in Louisville this weekend, this would be the recruiting event of the year. And fans, basketball fans in Louisville would absolutely love it. I was out at the Exposition Center today. And right by Kentucky Kingdom, obviously attached to Freedom Hall, and it's a really cool setup. It's unique, and and how they do it, they have 18 courts, maybe uh, over 15 courts, all under one roof, all next to each other. You can just look down the the room and see nothing but basketball courts, and they have Freedom Hall in play too. They have games going on there, so. It was cool. It's just not as many good players there as there could have been. There should have been Charles Matthews, the lone UK commit, but he's out this week with the flu. Uh, people that went to watch, unfortunately, didn't find that out till today. Even the media members, myself included, didn't know. I felt bad. I was talking to a family that had brought their kids from Lexington to watch Charles Matthews, and sure enough, he wasn't there. So that was unfortunate to hear, but Antonio Blankney is there. And he is uh, becoming a top priority for Kentucky. He's already a top priority for Louisville. He talked to the media and was really taken back by how many media members there were. There were, uh, I would guess there was probably maybe 15. Uh, a lot of TV news cameras too. So that always looks like more media when they have their big cameras on their shoulders. And he was asking his teammates to take a picture of him doing the interview because there were so many people there. Uh, good kid, seems like, and uh, certainly a very good basketball player. There's no denying that. John Robick, UK assistant coach, was out there watching him. Rick Pitino, Louisville head coach, was there. Billy Donovan. I think ultimately you're going to see it come down to those three schools, Louisville, Kentucky, and Florida. If I had to guess right now, i say Florida might be in the lead. But he is very intrigued about Kentucky. He likes the fact that John Calipari puts pros in. You can't do an interview with him without him bringing that up. I've talked to him three times now, and every time he's brought up UK, pros, this and that. Uh, he, he likes Louisville. He, he knows, obviously, Bettino's a good coach. 
He likes the fact that Louisville has been on him almost longer than anybody else out there. So I think ultimately you're going to see it come down to Florida, Louisville, and Kentucky. It'll be interesting to follow that recruitment. And we'll talk more recruiting as the show goes on. i got a full hour today, so I don't have to rush everything in. And finally, I'm back with, with old Yates. How are you, Yates? Doing well, TJ. Good to be back with you. Did you miss me? Oh, of course. Yeah. What have you been up to since Trevor was out last week on the show after mine? And uh, so have you just been laying low? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Just taking it easy. Enjoy, Good. Uh, enjoying my time off. You deserve a little break. You're you're overworked, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anyway, so I'm glad you're you're back. I'm glad the, the, the whole gang's back together and we can uh, talk about whatever nonsense we want to. Mark Stoops talked today in Lexington. He did not talk yesterday in Louisville at the Governor's Cup luncheon. And I talked a lot about this on Tuesday, almost my entire half-hour show. That was made into such a big deal. And here we are on Thursday still talking about it because Stoops talked a lot about it today. So I I, I don't – I guess, you know, I, I could make it as easy as, hey, let's just not talk about it and forget about it because this is a stupid story to begin with. But the fact of the matter is he continues to talk, and we need to address what he said. It's kind of this is what summer does when it comes to U.K. and U of L football. It'd be much more fun to talk about maybe U.K. having some all-SEC players and uh, all these awesome players to look out for, and I, I do think U.K. is much improved talent-wise. Same thing could be said for Louisville with the exception of Devontae Parker and maybe a few other guys. But the fact of the matter is where UK and Uval is uh, as a rivalry, you have to have this this sort of stuff to 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 fall back on, to lean on. So Soups doesn't show up on the Governor's Cup luncheon. Bobby Petrino does. I, I'm still not going to get used. I, I don't know when I'm going to get used to saying Bobby Petrino, head coach at Louisville again. It just almost doesn't seem right, but that's, uh, that's, that's how it is. So Bobby Petrino's there. He talks to media. He says that he made a commitment to going to the Governor's Cup luncheon, and so he's he's going to follow his word, which I thought was a, a kind of ironic quote for Bobby Petrino to say or, or kind of to allude to. So, But he's there, and credit to him, Stoops wasn't. So Stoops was asked about it today, and he said, I do apologize if I offended anybody that wasn't clear on the fact I wasn't coming. I made it known to the organizers of the Governor's Cup luncheon some time ago, but I'll take responsibility for any confusion in that area. We've had plenty of opportunities to talk about that game. No problem talking about it. It's just a full day for me when I need to be in the office or get some organization going for for this upcoming season. And when you look about it, last week was SEC Media Day, so Stoops was busy for a few days then. Monday, he was at ESPN doing the car wash. Uh, He's speaking to people in Lexington today and tomorrow. Not sure what he did Tuesday. Might have been traveling. And all this going on while they're still recruiting. Yates, are you are, are you are you buying his excuse that he was busy and, and couldn't really take a full day? Um not really. I mean you would think that you'd be able to make a little bit of time to to make it to the luncheon. I mean I I guess in the grand scheme of things it's not a big deal, but I mean, you know, the governor's there. You know, every other coach in the history of the Governor's Cup, you know, modern history of the Governor's Cup has made it as far as I know. I mean, I don't understand why he's so much busier than everyone else and can't make it. 
Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's kind of a, a BS excuse, but I'm okay with it. And like I said on Tuesday, he was. It, it's stupid to have this now that the game's the last game of the year. You don't need to be talking UK and UofL the last game of the year. And like I said, they did this originally to drum up excitement for that game, the opening game of the year. But you don't need that anymore because, one, it's not the opening game of the year. And, and the game kind of speaks for itself in terms of building up excitement. There's enough fans interested in both programs to where you don't have to get people jumping on uh, during the summer. Uh, although Kentucky hasn't had success the last few years, it still is a hungry football fan base. You don't have to do a luncheon like this to get people excited for the season. Now, the thing is, it was scheduled. It's been scheduled. Whether or not it's stupid or not, uh, whether or not they should do it next year, that's a different story. The fact is, they had it scheduled for this year, and it, it does look a little bit bad for Stoops not to show up. A and he's, I, his damage control, I don't know if it's really working. Uh, you, you like him apologizing. That's, that's a, a step in the right direction. But I don't know if I necessarily like him saying that he said it to the organizers, but it's not their fault. He should have made it clear. Well, at the end of the day, if you told the organizers and the organizers didn't tell anybody, then it's really not your fault. It, that's not his fault at all. So it's I don't necessarily agree with Stoops here, but I do agree with the fact that it, it's outdated. I don't agree with the fact that he was too busy. But at the end of the day, he doesn't show up. He's talking to people in Lexington. Uh, it, he should have gone yesterday, but he didn't. I, I think now it's time to kind of focus on the season, move past the luncheon, and uh, talk a little bit of football. I, I want to start talking players and, and programs, uh, starting off kind of with Louisville more than starting off with Kentucky, which is people listening to the show aren't going to be uh, – might be a little surprised by that. But I, I'm very curious in – uh, Louisville adding another quarterback and, and what's going on with the quarterback situation there. They are loading, absolutely loading up on quarterbacks. Uh, Yates, what do you, what do you make of this? I have really no idea to be quite honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know if Petrino has come up with some newfangled offense where you put four quarterbacks in the backfield and you don't know which one's going to get snapped to or what. I mean, I don't, I mean, that's, I think it's going to bake like nine quarterbacks on scholarship, which is just absurd. So, is it actually nine? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think I read that somewhere that could have been a, a bit of hyperbole, but it's, I mean, it's going to be quite a few. Yeah, that's one of my other Louisville friends used the number nine, and I thought he was just exaggerating to 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 talk about how many quarterbacks there were. But uh, obviously, what this and the quarterback we're talking about is Tyler Brugman, if I'm not mistaken. On that's how you pronounce his last name. He was a four star originally coming out of high school, uh, the number 18th quarterback in the class of 2013. He's a pro style quarterback, really uh, the type of quarterback Petrino likes. Uh, doesn't you know doesn't have the size of a normal Petrino quarterback but still very talented and originally committed to Washington State before transferring. I think what this tells me more than anything is that Petrino, and I, I don't really like to call this kid out, but I think what this says to me is he's not sold on Kyle Bolin. And that was kind of Louisville's guy in the 2013 class, at least their quarterback. I guess maybe 
Yeah, I guess I think that would be safe to say that Bolin was kind of their guy in the 2013 class. A three-star quarterback out of Lexington that always grew up kind of rooting for Louisville. I, this this tells me that he's not really sold on Bolin, and I think it might tell me that he's not sold on Will Gardner, which would have to scare Louisville fans heading into the season. I mean, that could very well be the case, but I'm, I don't know. I mean... I think Gardner's looked good so far, and I, I don't think it takes the best quarterback in the country to run Petrino's offense. So, I mean, I, I think there might be something to the fact that he's just trying to stockpile him so he can make sure he gets the guy he wants. But, I mean, I don't know. I, who knows? Well, that's the thing, and that's another thing I talked about with one of my Louisville friends, is that Bobby Petrino hasn't especially if you go by pro success, he hasn't had the best quarterbacks during his college coaching career. But, man, you, you wouldn't be able to tell based on how they play in college. He turns His system can turn quarterbacks into these players that put up big numbers and look like stars. And when they get to the next level, they don't really do much. But that's, no, you know, no Louisville fan really cares about that. But that's that's a positive sign for Petrino and, and really probably why he doesn't have problems getting talented quarterbacks to come his way because he can kind of sell that, look how successful my quarterbacks have been. But none of them have been super, uh, you know, Brian Brom was highly ranked, obviously. But he, he can turn in these quarterbacks that on film, don't at least coming out of high school, don't look amazing. But he turns them into these good guys and, I, and uh, these good players, and I think that's why you see Washington, Washington State's quarterback coming. He has a system that favors quarterbacks and, and allows quarterbacks to put up big numbers. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with Louisville's quarterback situation. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with Trinity standout Reggie Bonifant because he was a guy that could have gone a lot of places, but he liked Louisville. He liked L because he was promised that he could be quarterback. Not every other school recruiting him made that same promise to him. Louisville never wavered on it. And now you have it. Louisville's bringing in quarterback, 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 all these different guys. What happens to him? Now, he's an athlete. There's no doubt he could play other positions. But if you keep bringing in all these quarterbacks, something's got to give somewhere along the way. And I don't think it shows a ton of confidence in, in Will Gardner. I certainly don't think it shows any confidence at all in Kyle Bolin, who was supposed to be kind of the backup coming into this year. So uh, that's that kind of jumps out to me. When we're talking UK, UL football, football in the state of Kentucky, the abundance of quarterbacks Louisville is gathering is is really sticking out. But anyways, we're going to head to our first commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. I'm thrilled to be back and be able to talk sports. Tweeting to the show at T. Walker Rivals. Clay B. 116 wants us to talk about something, something with UK's band. So we'll have to get around maybe to that. Or maybe I'll just side, sidestep it all together. Haven't thought of it. But stick around here. 1450 The Sports Buzz. This is TJ Walker, the sports talker. We'll be right back.
You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back. 1450 The Sports Buzz. No guests today because I've missed everybody and I, I feel like talking for the entire hour, having a little input from Yates here and there, just to kind of keep me on the straight and narrow. Anyways, during the break on Twitter, I saw that Cliff Kingsbury, the coach at Texas Tech, who uh, is a younger coach, I think he's maybe 35, around that age. Uh, Most women would say that he is a a good-looking man. Coaches Texas Tech, I guess he was the assistant, uh, one of the offensive coordinator, maybe at Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken, where he, I think he was coach Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, when he kind of came to the scene. Anyways, coaches do women's clinics. I, I know people in Louisville, women in Louisville are familiar with Charlie Strong's women's clinic. Uh, I, I, I think Stoops does something similar. Uh, I, actually, I, I know that he does. Well, with Cliff, with Cliff being a, a pretty good-looking man, supposedly uh, I think Brett McMurphy tweeted out that he had to limit the number of entries into his women's camp to 300, and that sold out relatively quickly. So, must be nice for him. He's... Uh, a head, a head football coach at a at a Big Twelve school, and I don't think he. I think women flock to him. Uh, speaking of Brett McMurphy, who works for ESPN and, and is one of the best in the business, uh, Yates, are you familiar with Always Sunny? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Do you watch it? Uh, not regularly, but I have watched a, a fair amount of episodes. Okay, and for those listening. Uh, those that are watching, I want you to let me know if you agree with this. Brett McMurphy looks a lot like Jack Kelly in Always Sunny, also known as Uncle Jack. It's Charlie's kind of creepy uncle. I think everybody would do themselves a favor by maybe doing a a Google search of Brett McMurphy and Uncle Jack. Brett McMurphy is a little grayer than Uncle Jack, but I can't watch Always Sunny and have... Uncle Jack come on the screen without thinking Brett McMurphy. Obviously, Brett McMurphy's not a creep, but always always a fun comparison. Anyways, Clay B116 texted into the show a little while back. He says, UK starting a new tradition and trying to get fans involved, and everyone knows that the band, UK's band is no good. They're terrible. They should hire UK, UK should hire the Ohio State band director that was just fired. Looks like UK could get him on the chief side. I, I saw this on Twitter earlier today that Ohio State's band director, John, uh, John Waters, was fired over environment conducive to sexual harassment. And I haven't read the story about that. And Clay V116, I don't know if you want a a coach or a band coach of all coaches to be hired that has a reputation of creating a, a, a sexual harassment type environment, a sexualized culture as 
Ohio State called it. There's a 23-page investigation uh, on what he did. I'm not going to take the time to read that 23-page investigation on Ohio State's band, band coach, really band director, but I like to call it a coach anyways. But Ohio State's band did come up with a lot of cool things last year, uh, some things you saw on YouTube. I'm ready for college football to go away from bands altogether. The UK is finally starting to transition out of, and I swear, uh, people, if I had to rank the people that negatively tweet me, one, I guess I would say UK football fans, they don't do it all the time, and it's not like I say negative things about UK football, but they want UK football to get a lot of coverage, and uh, any time that I have said anything remotely negative about UK football, even if it's, hey, UK football went 10 and 2, or 2 and 10, that's 10 and 2. When Okay, blah, blah, blah. So I'd say they're probably number one in the people that, that tweet me negative things. Number two, probably opposing fans of all genres. Maybe maybe Louisville fans are up there. Uh, if I'm covering a recruitment, somebody else might, uh, if they don't, if they pick UK, other fans tweet me from time to time. But number three, I would say, is probably UK band supporters. And I think most of the people have to be in the bands, but I don't make it shy during UK football games that UK's band isn't, it's not that they sound bad, but just the their choices of song are terrible. So uh, I, I will tweet that out and I get, a, I get a lot of, not a lot, but I get one or two people that tweet me a lot talking about how UK band's great and people don't support the band because there's negative people in the media like myself that make it hard and blah, blah, blah. Uh, UK, I, I'm just, the band doesn't do it for me anymore. And I don't know if you're under 70, if the band really does it for you to begin with, uh, especially when they're playing Lady Gaga here and there. But Clay B116, you're crazy for thinking UK should hire Ohio State's band director who was just fired for an environment conducive to sexual harassment. And unfortunately, speaking of sexual harassment, two Texas football players are uh, were arrested and released and charged with sexual assault. The alleged victim's story or account of what happened is awful. I don't it, it was something that I, Charlie Strong who made a sign saying respect women there's no way that these people stay on the team if this turns out to be true you can go to i think deadspin has the the alleged victim's account read it if you want awfully graphic certainly terrible no place in college football no place in society for something like that obviously Uh, get a tweet in from Chad Likens at C. Likens blog asking me if UK's newest target, who they just offered not too long ago, Henry Ellenson, who's from Wisconsin, if he's playing at the AU Nationals this weekend in Louisville. He should have been, and he would have been, if not for Team USA. He is trying out 
there, so he is not playing in Louisville. Their team is, he is not. Uh, I, I was talking with a coach today about Henry Ellison, and he is uh, one of my favorite players in the class of 2015. He, he's this big, tall dude from Wisconsin. Big, tall dude is how I uh, how I wrote about him. He's from Rice Lake, Wisconsin. He's 6'10". He looks like he's just corn-fed. Just a a real big guy. 230 is what he's listed as, and he said he's lost 30 pounds over the past year, which is kind of unbelievable to think about. Now, I compare him to the Kyle Wilcher UK fans begged and wished for. He's big. uh, He can put it on the floor. Much more athletic than Kyle Wilcher. Can shoot, maybe not as good as a shooter as Wilcher, but a good shooter. But he's strong, he's physical, he holds his own on defense, can guard multiple positions, and he can. he's also got post moves because he used to be 260 pounds. So he's got post moves. He can score on smaller defenders, back down bigger defenders. Uh, I, 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 don't, I would be surprised if he ended up at Kentucky at this point since Kentucky was so late to the party. And I think Bo Ryan at Wisconsin putting the full court press on him. Tom Izzo at Michigan State obviously wants him really bad as well. But to see him in Kentucky's offense, and really to see him in any offense, but especially Kentucky's offense, would be a real treat because he's going to be a nightmare in the pick and pop. But unlike Wiltshire, he can actually roll too. So Henry Ellison, go watch his YouTube tapes. He's a a fun player to watch. I might have mentioned him on Tuesday. I think I I probably did. So uh, keep the tweets coming in or the text coming in. Glad to be back on the air. Uh, A little personal note. I thought this might be a distraction, but so far so good. Knock on wood. Bought a puppy earlier this week, which was a big step for my girlfriend and I bringing a puppy into the apartment. Just a little over two months old. It's a Vishla. It's just a, a small hunting dog, and it's it's been good so far. Puppies obviously are a lot of work, and he's needs a lot of attention, just like any young animal or child needs. But he doesn't whine much at night. Uh, maybe ten minutes tops. He he understands the concept of potty training. He he'll have a little accident here or there, but. So far, no number two in the house, which has been big, and knows when he needs to go outside, and, and I, he's learning not to bite. So, so far, so good. Uh, long way to go, obviously, but uh, pretty excited about that. Thought he might be barking or, or whining, but so far, the radio show's been able to go on without any disruptions. Again, knock on wood, as soon as I say that, I'm probably going to hear him during the next commercial break and have to take him outside or something. Anyways... Uh, Brun DMC tweets in. I know he missed the show. He said, hopefully Ellenson has a faster 40 time than Wilcher. 10 seconds to get down the court is awful. Uh, he does. He, he's much more athletic and much faster than Wilcher. Now, I'm not saying he's super athletic. I'm not saying he's just going to go up in one hand dunk everything. But he still can put it on the floor, and he is quicker than Kyle Wilcher. Watch his tapes. I don't think he's going to end up at UK, but 
He's a guy worth watching. Wherever he ends up, he's going to be fun. He just kind of, not to stereotype, but he kind of just looks like a Wisconsin player. He's from Wisconsin. Bo Ryan really wants him. He's a big white dude that can shoot. I I say not to stereotype. That's exactly what I'm doing. But the team that gets him is going to get a great player. I've talked to him. He seems like a great guy. Anywho, moving on. A, A little more football news uh, this time on the recruiting size, George Brown Jr., who is basically coming down to Kentucky and Florida, is set to decide tomorrow. Justin Rowland has been all over it. Uh, supposedly, Florida's coaching staff feels really good about him. Uh, Kentucky's staff feels really good about him. So somebody is feeling good and will not be feeling good uh, around this time tomorrow. He's a four-star offensive tackle from Cincinnati. That's kind of been the UK's spot, Ohio, obviously. Uh, this would be a huge get for Kentucky. It'd be a good get for, for Florida, obviously. He's also got offered by Alabama. Uh, I mean, offers just from everybody. Louisville, Michigan State, you name it. You name a school, Texas, and they've offered. But he's basically down to Kentucky and Florida. He's still saying he's considering Alabama, and uh, but I, I think it, it really is just coming down to Kentucky and Florida. So Justin Rowland, CatsIllustrated.com, football recruiting analyst, my job, but on the football side of things, feels confident that Kentucky could land him. He, he's hearing that Kentucky staff feels confident. But again, people from Florida feeling confident too. It'd be a huge get for Kentucky. We'll have to see where he ends up. Uh, Cats Illustrated we're also doing, and I'm pretty, I'm relatively sure this might be uh, – you can definitely you can see we're counting down the top 25 players, the most important players for Kentucky football this season in terms of people that were on the field. We're down to number 22. Number 22 is Matt Elam, who really, in, in my opinion, maybe should be a little bit higher just because of how highly he was recruited. I don't I, I don't know if he's going to be in shape. He's currently listed at 375 pounds, which is huge for a human being. I mean, that is really, really big. So I don't know if he's going to be able to get in shape enough to make a huge impact, but UK is going to be so thin at the defensive tackle position, they could certainly use a player like him to to make an impact. But uh, he is number 22 on the Cats Illustrated countdown of top 25 football players. We're going to count that all the way down to number one. It should be a fun series. So far, so good. Fans have appreciated it and liked it. Uh, and I, whatever gets us closer to football season is, is fine with me. Uh, no no offense with baseball. And the World Cup certainly helped. And, and that's what kind of scares me about these upcoming summers is what we're going to do when there is no World Cup. So the World Cup helped. But baseball just seems like it's been going on forever. And we're only halfway through the season. So... We'll have to see. Oh, something else I want to talk about. This is a little off topic. I'm jumping right into it. Ray Rice being suspended two games. What a joke that is. So you beat your wife senseless, and you get suspended two games. In terms of the NFL, he could have been better off being charged with manslaughter, and he wouldn't. The NFL is just is so inconsistent. 
two games. It doesn't make sense to me. You can you can fail some drug tests and be suspended for an entire year. I I, I don't get what the NFL's thinking is there. I don't know what their logic is for suspending him only two games. Uh, yes, he made an apology. Yes, the charges were dropped, but there was no denying the fact that he was beaten or he beat his wife. It just doesn't make much sense to me. You can you see people drinking and driving and getting suspended longer. I I, I don't I, I don't know, you know, necessarily if it's NFL's policy or, or their job to go outside the legal system and punish their players. But when I feel like it comes to something like this, when when little kids are looking up to Ray Rice, when everybody's looking up to Ray Rice, I don't think this is an appropriate punishment. Only two games, an eighth of the season. Doesn't make much sense to me. Brun DMC tweets in and says, Goodell should have taken a page from Adam Silver's book and make an example out of him. I completely agree. And I'm not saying you have to suspend him an entire year. And you definitely don't have to kick him out of the NFL like Silver did with Donald Sterling. But two games, an eighth of the year, not including playoffs, just ridiculous. An entirely, just a too, too short of a penalty. Ship1725 tweets in with Ray Rice, Rajanel, Aaron Hernandez should have only been suspended for 13 games. What if charges were dropped against Aaron Hernandez? I get, well, I don't think the murder charges can be dropped. You either find out if you murder the person or not. So I guess if he came back not guilty, he would have to be allowed to play in the NFL. But Really, it's just beating your wife isn't isn't murdering somebody, but it's terrible. It is awful. It is uh, something – I mean, I I don't need to explain it to you all listening how bad it is to do that. So the Ravens' first two games are the Bengals and the Steelers, both at home, and those are the games that Ray Rice is going to miss. Just, uh, I can't believe it that it was only two games. I think, uh, I think the NFL had a good chance here to, if they wanted to, to reach in and kind of handle off the field issues and set a good example for the NFL. If they wanted to be able to uh, say to their players, "Hey, you're representing our league. You're representing our franchises. You're employed by us, so you will need to be on your best behavior." on the field and off the field, this was their chance. I, I I think eight games would have been very reasonable. And if they wanted to do more, yeah, I, I think that would be fine too. But instead, they just go with two. So come September 21st, and the season ends December 28th, Ray Rice is going to be good to go the rest of the way. 
little slap on the wrist for him. For him just brutally beating his wife. Anyways, we're going to head to our last commercial break here on the Sports Talker. Still getting back in the swing of things. You take this long break and uh, you get distracted by this and that. But it's been fun. I'm, I'm glad the tweet's coming in. I'm glad the show's uh, you all are enjoying it. I'm glad you all are still listening. So uh, stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We're back here, one final segment of the Sports Talker. Glad to be back on the show today. A little more basketball recruiting news. It's been a a, a show really sticking to, to sports topics today. Different than the normal shenanigans goofy show that we normally get on. Jalen Brown had a quote regarding UCLA. He's out in Vegas playing in the Adidas Super 64, which is the Adidas version of Peach Jam. It's it's the Adidas championship out there. He talked to a UCLA blog, and Calipari's out there watching him. He talked to a UCLA blog after one of his game. I don't know what blog, and said, there may be a little truth to the rumor that UCLA is the leader. UK fans... Cats Illustrated subscribers are, are kind of, and rightfully so, freaking out about this quote. UK has put all their eggs in the Jalen Brown small forward basket, and it seems like the past few years that UK has kind of missed on some of their top small forward wing targets with the exception of James Young, but they missed on Shabazz Muhammad. They missed on Stanley Johnson last year, who they went all in on. And now it seems like there is a chance that Jalen Brown is, is leaning another way. That's not great news for Kentucky, but I'm not going to read too much into this quote, and here's the reason why. One, it's a UCLA blog. I'm not I'm not sure which uh, what the question was that he was asked that. I being a reporter and and even people that aren't reporters that watch interviews, that read transcripts uh, of post-game interviews and uh, listen to coaches' shows and all that, they know that sometimes questions can be phrased that kind of bait towards an answer, and you don't ever hear about what question was asked. You don't ever hear about this or that. All you hear is the quote to response. So, for example, and I don't know, I'm trying to look it up, the question, I, it, I think it's Bruin Report Online is the place that asked that. But I think the the question, for example, could have been, do you have a favorite? And Jayla Brown saying, no, I don't. Him, him saying, is UCLA one of your favorites? Because he, he, he has said that Kentucky's one of his favorites before. He said that to me back in Indianapolis. So he could have said, is UCLA one of your favorites? And he could have said, yeah, that's that's fair to say. They're they're one of my favorites. A uh, follow-up question could have been, is there any truth to maybe that they're they're one of your your leaders? Is there's a rumor out there, is there any truth to that? And he might have said, Yeah, there's a li- there there could be there may be a little bit of truth. 
maybe a little bit of truth isn't him solidly uh, committing. It's not a solid commitment to UCLA. So I'm not going to read too much into that quote. I've always said it's going to come down to UCLA and, and Kentucky. Could UCLA lead, be leading right now? Sure, they absolutely could. But as I've said all along, what the most important part for Kentucky is to get him on campus. And if they can get him on campus, anything's possible. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying that about a lot of other guys in the 2015 class, especially some of these other guys that they were late to offer. Get them on campus because UK's facilities, while they're maybe not the best in, in the country anymore, they're certainly one of the best. You mix that with uh, their winning tradition and, and Calipari's track record with getting guys to the pro. All those things add up and, and obviously make Kentucky one of the more appealing places in the country. On Twitter right now, John Calipari is in Vegas watching – uh, well, I don't think he'd be in Vegas for that. Not sure where he where he currently is, but uh, Jeff Borzello says that John Calipari is watching Scalabissier and Steven Zimmerman. Those are two bigs that I don't think Kentucky's going to land, but watching both those guys, it's fun to keep up with the UK recruiting. It's fun to keep up recruiting anyways and, and following the coaches and seeing where they are is one easy way to do it. Anyways, Yates, it's it's Thursday and not much not too much on TV. We haven't really had a chance to to catch up on a lot of things lately. So so what what TV shows have you been getting into lately? Um I haven't really gotten into too much. I actually like to take the summer and not not really watch much of anything cuz sometimes during the television season, it almost feels like work trying to keep up with all the shows that there are. So I haven't. Well, if it feels like work, Yates, then don't watch them. I mean, it's shows that I want to watch, but I mean, it's it's just all it's sort of I guess it's the schedule aspect of it, which I know there's DVR and all that, but I just as soon watch it when it comes on. But I I I feel like I'm at my limit as far as shows that are on, so I don't really. I don't really pick up too much during the summer. I've wa- really I've been not- watching American Ninja Warrior occasionally. That's kind of a fun show to oh watch. My God. But- Did you see the one where the gymnast, the little girl gymnast, dominated? I saw her first round run uh, when it was on television. I didn't. I wasn't watching when she did her her city final or whatever it was. I did go back and watch the video. I mean, it's pretty impressive. You know. Yeah, that's. It, 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 it was, that was super impressive, and I've only seen a little bit of that show here and there. I've never really sat down and watched an entire episode, but the way she dominated that that course was fun to watch because I've seen the parts where the guys, the big muscular meatheads, or uh, some of the, the whatever type of guys they are. It seems like the smaller the better on this course, but I didn't think that you know a hundred pound gymnast. 90 pound gymnast would be able to dominate it the way she she did so you see the parts where some of the other guys mess up and she had no problems with those parts so that was that was fun to see that there's just really not too much on tv right now the leftovers on hbo i'm trying i'm trying i'm gonna keep watching it i'll watch this whole season but it's just not great i don't think i've heard i don't think i've heard anybody say one good thing about that show yeah well good i mean i feel i I, i'm an hbo fan 
So HBO saw somebody pitched this show to HBO, and they liked it enough. They saw enough potential in on it to put it uh, to put it on the air. But I don't know what I don't know what it was. I mean, the idea of the show is interesting, but the execution up to this point has been awful. And again, I'm going to watch this whole season. I'm hoping it gets better. But even the scenes for next week, they don't even do scenes for next week. They do scenes for the rest of the season. And that says to me that they're just trying to. And they're as this has happened on the show before when I've been at my apartment, they weed eat outside my house or weed eat or uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing. But it, it sounds like they're in my house. It sounds like to me and I'm 10 feet from the door. It sounds like they're in my house. So my apartment staff is very thorough in making sure, sure no weeds grow underneath my door. So if you hear that noise, that's what it is. I'm sure you will probably do. This microphone picks up a lot. So it wasn't the dog. It wasn't the little puppy we had to worry about on the show today. It was the people cutting the grass and, and weeding right outside my door. But anyways, with the leftovers, great idea, fun idea, interesting, creative idea, execution, certainly lacking. Uh, Big Brother has been the show I've been following this summer. I've never watched it before. Uh, It's not fantastic, but it gets you through the week. It's on three times a week, and it's a live reality show. So it's going on literally right now. So that makes it kind of fun. I don't think if it was on three times a week, I'd watch it just because I don't think I'd remember to watch it just once a week. But the fact that it's on three times, it kind of gets you more involved. But we are... Uh, we are running out of time on today's show, but the good news is, at least for the for the next few days, I will be I'm back and we'll be able to talk sports and, and all that good stuff. I appreciate everybody's tweets. Brun DMC, one last tweet says that he's caught up on Game of Thrones. I was right; it was awesome. So thanks, I was right. Anyways, running out of time. Thanks for listening today. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be a Friday edition, so stick around. Uh, same time, three o'clock. You don't have to stick around. You don't have to wait 23 hours, but we'll be back then. Thanks for listening to Sports Soccer with TJ Walker. Talk to you then. Welcome to the bar.